Welcome to take two of episode number 42 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery, where your host forgets to hit record properly. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host tonight is Dee. Lenore's computer has gone entirely kaplooey. Tonight we're exploring the concept of, don't use that, it might be worth money someday. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking. Dee, what's your medium and what's your poison tonight? Well, I am drinking a plain old Swiss Miss hot chocolate with marshmallows, of course. Uh, It is so cold because we're actually recording at night this time. And it's, I think, like less than 20 degrees outside right now. And this room has no heat. Oh, my God. I don't think it's that cold here. Well, when I left work, it was 24. So it's a balmy 37 here. Why is it so much warmer? I guess because you're out that way. I'm near the coast. Actually, that was that was at work at Haverhill. It's twenty seven in Beverly, so okay, ten degrees cooler here. Yeah, and I'm by the Berkshires and in the Valley, yeah. which is a whole other weather system. So anyhow, <laughs> um, it's cold, and yeah. so hot chocolate is is perfect. Um, I am using a Camel HB. I really like this pencil. Um, I forgot that I had a few of them. I was going through my pencil cup and. I saw this little guy because it's it's kind of at the Steinbeck stage. Mm. Um, but I like these because of the eraser. It's kind of like a feralless eraser. Yeah. Is it a pastel or wood color? Wood color. Those um, are my favorites. The only thing I don't like about that eraser is it comes off very, very easily. They do. But they um, if you put a little dab of super glue on the little nub on the pencil, uh-huh. it It'll sticks stay. right back on. Or E6000. Yeah, I've. I have that actually. Um, I kind of like it though because it works as a fidget, you know, like I, I mm. pop it up and down. So, um, and I'm writing on my podcasting legal pad, of course. There so, you go. what about you? So, I ha- I'm double fisting it tonight. I've got a relaxing decaf chai because it's after 1 p.m. And if I have caffeine after 1 p.m., I don't sleep until 2 in the morning. <laughs> uh, the joys of getting older. You know, there was a time in my life where I would drink coffee. At like one in the morning and go right to sleep and it would be fine. Days right. are done. Days are over. I've also got a can of apple flavored seltzer. Ooh. Is it from Polar? No, it is um let me see. Canada Dry. Hmm. My my wife picked it up. Uh it's um it reminds me, you know those green apple Jolly Ranchers? Yes. It reminds me of those minus the sugar. Okay. So it and not maybe not quite so tart, but right. it has that really. It's like an effervescent Jolly Rancher, sort of like when you would put the Jolly Rancher into the Zima. Did you ever do that? Uh, no, I haven't. I ha- I've had Zima before, but uh, so maybe you're a little too. Well, actually, you're not that much younger than I am. No, I'm 38. Okay, so I I'm a like a high school generation before you. That was a big oh. thing when <laughs> I was a senior in high school. Was you would get a rack of Zima, and then you would decide what Jolly Ranchers you'd w- want to flavor your Zima with. You'd pop oh. the caps on all of them, take a sip out of each one, and drop a Jolly Rancher in, cap it, and put it in a refrigerator. Oh. It was I mean, disgusting. It sounds like it would be horrible, because I've had <laughs> Zima by itself. Oh, Zima's foul. It's a foul, foul creation. It should be, like, forgotten to hell where it belongs. Um, you know they did a remake of it recently? Yes, I th- I feel like they were trying to cater towards our crowd, you know, yeah. now that they have disposable income. It it um they had a Zima night at one of the pubs in near me. 
Oh, Lord. Yeah, that looks like they, they had racks after rack after. They had like a, <laughs> a, a pallet of Zima. Oh, jeez. And they sold it all. Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, no, God. when I was in high school, it was uh, Smirnoff Ice. Oh, uh, see, that was that was that was when I was in college, and that was fancy drinking. Mm-hmm. You went to the frat parties for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, so <laughs> now that we've gone down that horrifying trip down memory lane of <laughs> right? my misspent senior year of high school, God, I hope my parents aren't listening. <laughs> um, I am using a Wingsung 3008 or 3008 fountain pen filled with, and this is horrifying, Noodler's Heart of Darkness ink. Oh, how dare you. I know. Bad SJW. Bad. Bad. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm in a barren fig train of thought. Um, <laughs> actually, I so I had Deatramentus Deepwater black in it before i actually prefer the deep water black it felt the pen felt a lot smoother and and this is unusual because typically noodlers is known for leaving a very smooth writing pen and the pen is much less smooth writing it's still very smooth but it's not as nice with the heart of darkness in it. and it's got a little catch on most paper that i've been using it on so anyway okay. i'll be when when i use this fill i will be going back to the non-hateful ink. So what's exciting for you? Um, nothing in my personal life, really. Just kind of living the dream, working and existing. Um, but there are a couple of new things in the stationary world that uh, I kind of noticed over the past couple of weeks. Um, two of those things are from CW Pencils. It's been a while since I've gone to her site to see what's new, mainly because I don't have money for that. <laughs> um. So there are two new things that she has. The first is the CW Pencil slash Caran d'Ache collaboration. Um, it's a Scott's Pine pencil in HB. So um, it looks just like a stink wood, except <laughs> it doesn't stink and it's pine. So it's a light, very light wood. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I would like to try it and get my hands on it, um, but it's $5.25 per pencil overpriced like a stink wood exactly so there's that and the other thing from cw pencils which is quite interesting is the um what is it called the pencils of the world map kit mm. so this here you get three colored pencils they're carandash pablo pencils and you get a map um, that you can color in with those colored pencils as you acquire pencils from around the world. Um, so it, it allows you to track your acquisitions. Um, it comes in this cool, like vinyl old school travel document holder. Um, but that is $30. Wow. Yeah. So again, it's oh, a cool little kit. It totally is. Um, and if I had the money, I would buy it, but I can't afford that. Hmm. Um, and the other exciting thing, nothing major, but I'm just trying to decide on a planner for 2019. Um, not sure what I'm going to do with it yet. So I haven't pulled a trigger on anything. I'm really leaning towards the standard issue notebook number three by a mm -hmm. company called design works, Inc. Um, I'll put a link. Those. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody, but, uh, it aesthetically, it, it pleases me greatly. So, <laughs> but, uh, what about you, Les? 
So I, I, I think Lenore talked about these, at least in the group. I don't know if she talked about it on the last episode or not. The word dragon covers. I, God, I've got some FOMO going on with those. I don't even like word paper that much because it's terrible with fountain pen. It's pretty good with harder pencils, but it's just awful with fountain pen and any liquid ink. But those covers, man, they're gorgeous. Very, very pretty. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Yeah, it's a classic pattern. And then there's the volume four, which I like. I love the color. Love, love the cream eraser. And, uh... Like the, I like the little gritty bits that are on it. Um, Nicholas, is it Sacy? Cece? I should I'm probably so bad. ask Names. him at some, at some point. Right. Me and pronunciation aren't friends. I, years of speech therapy and I kill, still can't pronounce half of the stuff out there <laughs> in the world. Um, so anyway, Nicholas in the Erasables group said that it was perfectly safe for pencil sharpeners. So I'm wondering if it's the little bits of graphite that are sprayed on there or paint over spray, or what have you. I don't know. So um, it'll be interesting to find out what it is, because I think he plans on revealing what's in there at oh. some point. So My guess is it's just either little pieces of graphite, because the close-up pictures that I've seen, they kind of have those little bits look like graphite pieces. Hmm. Like if you were to like just grind down a little bit of graphite. But a lot of people were talking about how, like, oh, this might ruin my sharpener. I, I really would hope that, uh, you know, black wing pencils would have some forethought. Well, Nicholas said that it's not going to damage the sharpener. So that makes me think that it's either bits of graphite or bits of paint or something like that. I mean, I've seen a similar faux paint finish done with just overspray. Like uh, you use like a paint that dries more quickly inside it's i don't know it's like a funny spray thing that you can do to get that kind of texture with just paint yeah no i, I mean you can even kind of do that textured thing if you were uh using like flecks of paint just applying it letting it dry and then just coating over it yeah yeah so um i guess that moves oh writes uh copious amount of sales I right. forgot about that. So many sales. Um, I guess it was because I haven't gotten an email from them today like I have every other day this week. I know. <laughs> I'm starting to not get mad, but like, whoa, like, am I being spammed here? Like, yeah. I mean, but the sales really good. So yeah, the sales are all super, super great. Lots of stationery companies are doing super good sales. And I, I don't I'm not buying any stationery right now because this isn't a buy for me month. Um, so I'm just kind of swiping right. Right, me stuff. too. Me too. Um, but there's so many good sales out there and they're getting posted in the group. So if anyone's looking for sales, you can head on over to the RSVP group and check it out because a lot of people are posting about them. So, um so this is sort of a dual topic day. <laughs> um I'm I'm going to split it down the middle. So the first thing that I want to do is I kind of got called out about my thoughts on getting things done and David Allen. And initially, I didn't want to spend any more airtime talking about my thoughts and feelings around getting things done and David Allen and the presentation of getting things done. But I think I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a tirade or rant or what have you here. My, I don't have an issue with getting things done. Getting things done, the method, I think, is a fabulous tool. 
my issue is the presentation of it with David Allen. And now I consistently call him a business dude bro or a dude bro um, and kind of a jerk. And I did in the last episode and someone basically was um, kind of upset that I didn't just go ahead and call him curse words on air. And this is, you know, kind of a PG-13 podcast and we don't want to put an explicit tad because then iTunes buries you and it's a pain in the butt. And I don't, I, I also don't want to edit out the curse words because that is also a pain in the rear yes yes it is i don't want to do that um so and i've consistently referenced how i feel about the presentation of getting things done by david allen i like the system i don't like the presentation his writing style annoys me and i am not the only woman to have this reaction after our first episode where we talked about getting things done and my read-along that i did in the rsv pre can't speak tonight the rsvp group i had a number of women reach out to me and relay their reactions and interactions actual interactions with the man himself and getting things done um and so this is some anecdotal storytelling which is seemingly how often feminine or female woman-centered information gets passed down um it's anecdotal so Women tend to like David Allen and the presentation of getting things done a whole lot less than men. It's just, it's, that just, it just seems to happen. Why? I don't know. I think some of it is because the initial presentation of the book was very dude oriented. It's a very masculine presentation. Any women that were presented in the book were secretaries or office managers. Um, and women were not presented as people who are doing business and getting things done. And, so, and that all of that being said, many of the office organizational hacks, 43 folders and the like, have been used by secretaries for years and years and years, handed down from woman to woman. And generally speaking, this sort of secretarial or office manager style system was women's work. And we have David Allen step in and write a book and add a list or organized list to do a general secretarial ma- management system. And oh my God, it's like it's something big. It's huge. And it's like men have just discovered it. But this is something that's really like my grandmother, she was in secretary, but she worked in an office starting back in the 60s. And, you know, I remember telling her when I first discovered getting things done, she kind of gave me the side eye like, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we did that in the 60s. What's so new about this? You got all this technology. What is your Palm Pilot? Why, why right. aren't you using that? You got you, you to get 43 folders and label them by alphabet and month. okay we did that in 1972 before you were born and right you know so i i think that there's this general sort of sense with women or many women and i'm not going to say all women but many women have a negative reaction to the presentation of getting things done because it is a very masculine presentation yeah and essentially built on the backs of women right Right. I mean, it's basically something women had been doing for ages behind the scenes and getting things done in their own way. So I would I wish I could read some of the other comments and emails that have been sent to me um, about getting things done and, and reactions. Some of it, you know, I've gotten through uh, direct message on Twitter and I just don't like some of them I would feel comfortable doing, but some of them I just don't. I mean, there was one woman who um, had been following. David Allen and getting things done for years was going to his cons and conventions and buying tickets and had spent literally thousands of dollars on his system, thousands upon thousands of dollars. 
and there was a meet and greet and she was having a conversation with him and a dude came along and all of a sudden she disappeared. Like DA wanted nothing more to do with her because all of a sudden there's a guy and he's assuming that this guy who's new, like they, they apparently had like numbers of years or something like that of how long they've been going to these conventions. And she was like a long time, 10 plus year con goer. And this guy had only been there for a year. And so she just relayed that to me. And like, there are a number of other women who relayed stories where, yeah, you know, I went to a David Allen event and I was blown off. And so there's just this like air of, of just women not being taken seriously, I guess. So, right. Um, and I wanted, I got, I got a message off after this most recent episode and I want to read it. I got permission from the, from the woman who wrote to me, her name is Susanna. And she sent us a very kind note about the podcast. So I I asked her if I could read it on air. So I'm going to read it. Comment on RSVP episode 41. Really enjoyed the episode on why we blog and found the content very engaging and helpful. I am just starting a new blog and appreciate the deeper level questioning that you and Dee described. I sincerely thank you. I confess the peak moment of the episode was your sharing comments on gtd huckster david allen that was so refreshing his tone and style are appalling i find the basics of the gtd method are good but david allen is the creepy cult leader with the big money belt just push play and he will tell you exactly what to do blah 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 the podcast is a giant informational infomercial for getting things done merch and the faux peppy xylophone music make me want to run for the tums bottle definitely put on your sturdy shoes if you're gonna give gtd a shot and I think that just encapsulates sort of many of the reactions that I've gotten from women about getting things done. Yeah, no, I think that that sums it up. And it kind of sums up reactions about other things from women, you know, that that feeling as though they're overlooked or feeling as though their voices aren't heard. And I think it's something to say that, at least for me, a lot of the messages I get are via private message or email. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing, too. And I think part of that is just because when when we do make our voices heard, we're tone policed. I can't tell you how many time I've been, times I've been told, don't say that on your blog. Well, dude, hold my beer. It's my blog, and I'll say what I want. Why right. are you telling me what I can and can't say? And it happens so often at this point that there have been so many times where I get these these comments, and the comments now on blogs are very few and far between, but very often it's like, how dare you use a curse word on your blog? And it's like, right. It's my blog. Like, yeah. What are you, you supposed to like be like it, a dainty woman and not apparently use I'm supposed language? to be very ladylike. Then and apparently they haven't seen me. Um, and I think <laughs> and this is something. So, um, I've told you I have a coworker who is blind, yeah. and so <laughs> this is totally tangential. But you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. So I have this coworker who's blind, and she's she's a very good friend of mine, and she's a hoot. But anyway, so one day um, I was describing, I, I was actually talking about someone who had made a very offensive comment in front of me, um, not about me, but about someone else who presents the way I do. And I was like, you know, Gene, I'm, I'm butch. I'm, I'm, you know, I present relatively masculine. I, I have, you know, an undercut with a hard part. I occasionally wear my hair in a pompadour. I wear button-down shirts. And when I go to a, a fancy dress-up events, I wear a bow tie and a jacket. And she's like, huh. I would never have guessed that you have a very feminine voice. And so there's this like duality in my presentation. So here I am on the podcast and I know that I have a relatively 
feminine voice and people don't expect when they see me there's this disconnect of like oh you have pomade in your hair and you're wearing a pompadour (laughs) right i wasn't expecting that (laughs) right like and even um i i don't think i heard your voice before i met you i think i think actually no i i did but i also saw you because I, i watched some of your youtube videos but i could totally see how that would be like weird for people to just hear your voice and then see what you look like. It's almost like I listen to some podcasts and I don't know what the people look like. Mm-hmm. Like I have in my mind because our minds are just naturally primed to create an image of somebody when you hear them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll find out what they actually look like. And it's totally not even what I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so it it is kind of, although I feel like Lenore definitely encapsulates her voice through her looks, like through how she looks, her voice and her persona that she has online very much kind of meld together perfectly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, with you, like I could totally see that. Like when I, when I met you, I was like, oh, you're like me. <laughs> like, are we the same person? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think like so then the other side of it is also I have this name that is gender nonspecific. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of like I, I often get mistaken for male online. Yes, I First, thought you were a dude. Well, yeah, and for a long time I had um Wilford Brimley as my Oh my god, that was great. I remember those days. <laughs> I had Wilford Brimley's face as my as my avatar everywhere and everyone's like would call me like man or like because I also also often talk about my wife and it just really blows people's right. mind and I'm, I correct people like no no I'm decidedly female and they're like wait you, but you have a wife and Wilford Brimley wait that's not you I'm like no man that's definitely Wilford Brimley <laughs> right because <laughs> well, it's not that old <laughs> it doesn't help that less is kind of like an old man name it is like, so it kind so, of worked so. I am named after one of my father's best friends. They okay. Couldn't, they couldn't do, so they had chosen like three different names for me, and it came down to Leslie, which is it's Scottish, and my on my mother's side of the family were Scottish, and then my father's best friend or his mentor um, in college, and then when he was working, is also named or was named Leslie. He's passed away, mm. and so like my parents were like, well, it's either going to be Rachel. Or Leslie. It's like, okay, so I'm so glad you named me Leslie because I'm so not a Rachel. No, I could not picture that. <laughs> that would be like me named Rachel just doesn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And even my parents are like, yeah, that you're not a work. Rachel. You're not a Rachel. Um, but no, and I think that also brings up another short thing that I want to address is, you know, women's presence online. Um, I you know, changed my Facebook name from Deirdre, which is my full name, um, much easier to use D. That's why I use it. Um, I changed it to um, Dade, which is going to be my preferred name um, as I transition. And it was like day and night. The minute I did that, I started interacting in other groups. Um, I'm in a lot of stationary groups, but I'm also in like other groups for my hobbies, like board gaming. And it was like someone open the door to a world that like I never had access to, mm-hmm. to the point where I would have a strong opinion about say like a board game. I'd be like, Oh man, that game's garbage or whatever. I was not questioned. I was not challenged. 
if someone disagreed with me, it was just a simple disagreement where when I came across as feminine presenting online, it, I got a lot more resistance. So absolutely. And I think that that speaks to why women feel the need to kind of reach out through anonymous means or through clandestine means because they're constantly being questioned. Yeah. Or flamed or trolled or God forbid you're a woman with an opinion on the internet because everyone's down your throat. Everyone's right. in your face about your opinion. How dare you have an opinion? Right. You're a woman. You have a vagina, therefore no opinion for you. Yeah, and I think I don't I don't want people to think that like, you know, well at least I don't hate men. But um I think that it's really difficult because while people try to empathize with women, unless you're a woman, you have no idea. Right. You know, and, and it's frustrating. It is. It's very frustrating. I just want to throw out there, some of my best friends are men. A lot of my best friends are men. <laughs> I, I was trying to pull that, you know, racist joke. Oh, and, uh, yes, uh, totally. Like, I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not a racist. <laughs> right. Or like, I don't hate gay people. My best <laughs> friend is gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Sorry that fell flat. No, I I wasn't thinking down that road, but we I'm recovered. A, we recovered well. I'm amusing myself. That's and we're gonna we're gonna leave this in. We're not gonna edit this out. No, no, we're gonna. I don't have time to edit this out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> right. So <laughs> this is going off live as is, and you know that that was another thing that kind of um, I don't want to say irritated. Ir- well, yeah, it irritated me. It didn't upset me. It was irritating because we don't hyper edit these these podcasts they go up pretty much other than you know we clear out the background noise we level the audio we occasionally take out some of the ums and ands and if like you know the cough i'm gonna leave the cough in just because i'm i'm making a point but like that cough oftentimes i would try and take that out or if i sneeze in the background or god forbid don't mute my mic and blow my nose while lenore's (laughs) talking i'll take out that chunk of audio because who wants to hear me blowing my nose right um but mostly for the most part the audio goes up as it is cleaned up a tiny little bit with some of the lengthy pauses trimmed down and you know not a whole lot of work done on the actual content the content goes up as it is we don't trim it i don't cut a lot out you don't cut a lenore doesn't cut a lot out we basically it goes up as it is with the exception of some cleanup so it sounds better Correct. I mean, I, I've memorized what the wave pattern looks like on my um, because I say um a lot. In fact, I know there's a way you can actually isolate an image of the sound file and then just automatically edit that stuff out. I haven't figured it out yet. Can you do that in Audacity? Maybe not. Maybe it's another program I was using, but you can definitely do that somewhere because it's distinct and your um actually looks like my um. So it kind of works. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And you know, like, I, God, I should figure out how to do that. Um, that's some high level audio editing that is beyond my capability. I kind of like that it's messy. I mean, I want it to be to be obviously enjoyable to listen to, but there's something about authenticity, you know. Like I like that we're not over processed, and you know, I I want people to feel like we're having a conversation with them and not this like super produced you know, podcast. Absolutely. Like that's what I, those are my favorite podcasts. So long as the audio quality is good. There are a couple of podcasts that I absolutely adore, but the 
audio quality is not great. There's one where um, one of the podcasters moved into a new apartment. Oh. And it has, I can't listen to it anymore because the, the male presenter is, there's like an echo and I think he broke his microphone. So now oh, he's geez. like using a headphone tape to his face. And... Oh, like Lenore did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, like the poor guy, like, it, it, and it has made the podcast almost unlistenable to for me. Right. No, and I, I have a podcast like that. It's uh, like a board gaming podcast. and this one host has a habit. I don't know if they're antsy or what, but you can tell when they stand up and move away from the mic, but they mm -hmm. keep talking. And it's just that constant, like back and forth. I just, I can't like, it's distracting. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to move on to part two of this podcast? Absolutely. We did our tangential bit, huh? Yeah, there we go. All right. So the main topic or second main topic, if you will, is so, um, I've got to edit all that out. Nah, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> is there's a post in the RSVP Facebook group about uh, a woman posted an image of a field notes that she had also posted to another group that she was like, this is what I use to plan my holiday decorations. And someone had said, how dare you use that? It might be worth money. Yeah. And yeah. that just like, it blew my mind because so, so I have in front of me, there are 40 field notes and story supply and word and Calipino. Like I've got a whole assortment of pocket notebooks in front, sitting on a shelf directly in front of me. And what I, the last thing I want to do when I go to pick my next pocket notebook is first go to eBay and say, hmm, is this 2016 XOXO pink splash image uh, field notes worth any money should I or should I not use that yeah ain't nobody got time for that no I just you know what I want to grab a pocket notebook write my name in it write my start and end date slap my rubber stamp calendar things in there start my bullet journal and move on and start using it and fill it up I use one at least one a month oftentimes two a month and I don't I don't care to me my my pocket notebooks are worthless until I fill them up now, if I had, like, a butcher blue, I would be selling that to repair the muffler on my car. I don't, right. sadly, but if anyone wants to send me one that I can auction off, I'll, you know, <laughs> hit me up in a PM and I'll give you my address. Um, but anyway, like, you know, to me that I don't have, first off, I don't have enough that are collectible anymore. I've opened, I did this, I went through this phase when I was finishing up my time in Field Nuts, where I literally took every single package that came into my house and opened it. Tore the belly band, put it even into my- Even before you were using it? Even before I was using it. All of, all of the Field Notes on my shelf are opened. Yeah, I do that too, because I, you know, I don't order Field Notes anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't since Campfire. But, uh- I open them because I want to see what the paper's like. I want to see what the insides look like. I don't want to just stare at a shrink wrap pack of notebooks. Yeah. I might have like one cold horizon package in a box somewhere. Might not. Might have sold that. I might. And I, I recently, actually probably, I don't know, six months ago, someone ordered a giant massive order of no brand notebooks. Uh -huh. And I threw in a snow blind. Just, oh, hey, here's a package of snow blind for you. Don't need that anymore. 
Plus, yeah, very I mean, popular, so <laughs> right. <laughs> it was no, like I a mean, ten dollar gift. <laughs> no, and I think that you know, I I definitely I can't say that I don't think about what something is worth because. As we know, I'm not going to get into it, but um, pencils saved me. The Great Beaver Incident of 2017 or maybe 2016. It might have been that long ago. But regardless, long story short, wife hit a beaver on the highway, did $3,000 worth of damage to the car, couldn't afford the insurance deductible. Pencils saved my life. So I sold a bunch of black wings and and repaired the car. So I do think about it, but like right right now next to me, I have a, a a pencil cup with just Blackwing limited editions in the, in it. And I'd have to guess there's probably six or $700 worth of pencils in this cup right here. Mm-hmm. But I don't think about it to the point where if I want to use a Blackwing and I decide to do a random pull, if I pull that to 11, I'm going to use it. Because right. um, I've, I've changed in the sense that there's no reason to hoard anything. I mean, I kind of... I kind of hit my point where I'm not buying anything new. And if I do buy something new, it's one or two. Like I, my last order from CW pencils was a couple months ago. And I ordered that Chinese pencil with the wonky feral and the baseball scoring pencils, all that stuff, the stuff I read on my blog. And I just ordered, you know, two of each because again, there's no reason to have a dozen of everything like I used to do. Right. Uh, but as far as value and worth, I, I mean, I stopped buying Blackwing dozens. I mean, I usually just post to the group and say who wants to trade for like two or three of the new edition. And usually what happens is we do a trade and sometimes people just send me pencils for nothing, which is why I love the groups that we're in because we're so generous to each other. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, and that's that. But it, same thing with field notes. Um, Melissa, um, uh RSVP or an erasableer. That's not a word. Um, and she she's a friend of mine and she lives actually local. She is one of the most generous people that I know. Um, she's given me actually some of the stuff that that it means so much to me because she gave it to me. Um, like a XOXO, that like pink neon swirly edition. Um, she gave me a single, was it Ice Pop? The Field Notes? It was like neon ice pops or something it was called. Those were the, the pencils. Oh, the ice pops, I think, were either an early There were XO, notebooks. X, yeah, but were they an XOXO <clears throat> edition or a special edition, something like that? No. They look just like, almost like the the unexposed, just like a different color palette and obviously different insides. But, like, again, um, she gave me a Blackwing 602, like, mm-hmm. and I've passed on... Um, I haven't done it recently, but I want to start doing it again. Um, new people to the group that are like, oh, man, like what pencils are like the must have pencils? And like, you know, I'll send them just something for free. Um, yeah. In fact, I, I almost want to have a giveaway of like two of the most expensive things that I have mm-hmm. because it really doesn't matter as long as it brings happiness and joy to myself or somebody else using it. I mean, what are you going to do if you if you leave the those field notes on your shelf and not use certain ones because they're worth money? They're doing nothing for you. Yeah, like I mean, like my response to the woman's photo was basically, my empty field notes are worth three nine three thirty three or nine ninety nine a three pack or what is it now thirteen bucks a three pack? Which is insane. Uh, yeah, they're just worth nine ninety nine a three pack to me. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually no the la- you know what I got um, the Carhartt edition for Christmas. Mm. That's and I haven't bought any 
of the newer editions. No. I've been sent some. Me too. I, I immediately crack them open and use them. <clears throat> but um, to me, what makes them worth money is when I fill them, when I put in my ideas, my notes, and, you know, like, uh, here's my grocery list. This is, I mean, that's more valuable to me than a blank page. It's more, it adds use. It adds content. And if I, when I look through my notebooks, there's meaning there in my life. It's like looking back and saying, oh yeah, you know what? I remember that grocery trip. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> or I, I, I remember making this list about what I want to do with manuscripting pod. Or I remember when we were brainstorming about the beginning of RSVP. I remember these things in part because I put them in my notebook, but I remember them better because I've written them down. Right. Like I went through, um, I have your actual small plug for your, your handiwork, those, um, pocket notebook filers, those cardboard foldable things. I love them. Let me tell you. Um, so I have a bunch of them filled, but I was flipping through notebooks the other day. Just, I don't know, nostalgia, you know, struck me. Mm -hmm. And, I found the notebook that I wrote in like the day I met you for the first time. Nice. You know, and like that notebook um, means something to me more than like, you know, anything else because it's attached to memories. You know, I remember writing down like where we were meeting and like, you know, stuff like that. And then like it also gives me snapshots into what was going on in my life at that time. Right. Um, so whether it was a most expensive notebook in the world or something that's you know, from the dollar store, the meaning is what's important to me. Um, But I will admit, I was not always like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, when I first started out, I wanted to be a completionist. I wanted to get all of them. And I started, God, when did I start buying them? And here's what's, what's silly. I knew about them. I was listening to The Pen Addict when the Butcher Blue and Butcher Orange first came out. I could have bought them. Okay. And I didn't. I was like, "Yeah, those are kind of silly." Not well. They were them. ugly. I didn't think they looked nice at all. No, I didn't. I wasn't particularly. I was like, "Okay, they're pocket notebooks. I already make those." And at the time, mm-hmm. I was actually making my own hand stitched pocket notebooks mm. and selling them um, on Etsy. And I was making them out of the recycled signs. I still make them, but I staple them now instead of stitching them on a sewing machine. Um. And I was like, why would I buy stapled notebooks when I could buy stitched notebooks? It doesn't right. make a lot of sense to me. And also, you know, I use, even now, like with my uh, no-brand notebooks that I make, I still use a lot of my miscut and offcuts and all of those. I still, like, those are what I use most of the time. Um, but, like, I started actually right after, I think, National Crops and... National. I bought two packs of National Crops on Amazon for 30 bucks a piece. And at the time, it seemed ridiculously asinine that I was buying, <laughs> like, notebooks for $30 a package. But I, at the time, I was like, I'm buying these. I'm going to use one. I'm going to hoard the other. And, like, not much later, I did turn around and sell that National Crop Edition for 100 bucks. Right. And... Yeah. You know, I've done that a couple of times. There have been a few packages that when I was buying one to use, buying another to hoard, I did turn around and sell them at a profit because I could. And I realized I I felt like I got to a point where I just didn't want to do that anymore. It felt gross to me. And I felt like I was 
profiting off of other people's FOMO and I don't know. It just felt gross to me to do. It felt right. like it was the wrong thing. And I so I decided to stop doing it. I, I sold off as many as I could um, at much lower prices than what they were going for at the time on eBay and traded a lot of them to get things that I wanted and used the rest. And yeah. I still have. I mean, at one point I had I could have opened up and used a pocket notebook every other day of the year and still had more than a year's worth. Wow. Yeah, it was stupid. It was a stupid amount of notebooks. And I, it's not like I was ever going to use that many. I mean, I have been using field notes since... I've got my first filled one is a blood red. And I think that was from 2012. And I've filled 97 notebooks since then. Oh, wow. And they're all sitting above me in little the file folders, the file, file holder magazine files that I make. And there are 16 of those. And those are worth something to me. Those are priceless. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's what makes them, that they're filled is what makes them priceless to me. I mean, I, I am aware that, you know, I've got some two rivers with, you know, the piggy on it or the two rivers with USA on the cover. Right. I had a yellow one that I traded away for a, a package of something else. And I filled a, yeah, I filled a, several yellow two rivers because they're one of my favorite editions but you know i i know that some of them are worth potentially twenty dollars or were worth twenty dollars at one point but i don't i don't know I, I if i grab one off the shelf right now and start to fill it i'm not gonna cry if i then turn around and find out it's worth thirty forty dollars a, right. a book yeah no i mean <clears throat> for me i think in the new year um I'm definitely going to be a little bit more intentional with my choices um, because I have thought about what I've been using and I don't know, I kind of, I have my, my Blackwing limited edition stuff kind of put aside, not in my general rotation. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm consciously doing anything, but I think, I think maybe subconsciously a little bit, I am still kind of hoarding them like, mm. you know, like a dragon sitting on their, their pile <laughs> of loot. You know, and, yeah. and I, it takes me a long time to use a pencil anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so especially now that I'm not in college for the time being, I sharpened a black wing pencil two months ago and I'm still not done with it. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not like I'm blowing through pencils like crazy. It's not like I'm handwriting a novel. So I think I'm going to make a new year's resolution to randomly pull a Blackwing from that pencil cup and use it to completion and keep going and going. It'll be the year of the Blackwing. Nice. And if I use all of my 211s, then so be it. Um, but I, I really just, like you, Les, I feel kind of gross about exploiting people by saying, oh, I have all these 211s. I could totally make so much money off of this. And, you know, it, it just, it sucks for people that are just coming to the hobby. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's not fair to them that they didn't know about these things sooner, you know, but here they are trying to collect something which is totally legit and valid. And just kidding, like one pencil is $30. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this happens in every hobby. Um, right now, um, I've spoken about it before, but I'm into Tamagotchis and some Tamagotchis from 15 years ago are $100. 
And it's, it's, it's funny, just, weren't they like five to fifteen dollars when right. they first came out? And it really sucks because I collect a certain kind. I collect ones that are translucent. I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but of course, the ones that I like, the clear see-through ones, are worth even more. So it's like so frustrating when I buy one off of eBay or what have you, and it has the original price tag of fifteen dollars on it. Yeah, you know, but that's just part of collecting, and I get that, but. I think what happens before things get to the price that they're at is even grosser. And that's the hoarding. That's the stuff that I used to see in the field nuts group, which was, oh, let me exploit the system and buy, you know, way more than I'm supposed to buy by using seven different addresses and then flipping them and selling them to people for triple the amount. Yeah. And I, that, that I think goes into certain aspects of the different communities. Like I think, like, if I were to do something like that, I certainly would not be bragging about it. Oh, I uh, exploited the system and I, I ordered, right. you know, a pack at this address, a pack at my work address, a pack at uh, my, 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 I had my wife order a pack at her work address. Right. And, you know, we use six different credit cards. I wouldn't be bragging about that online because I would be kind of ashamed at, at doing it. Right. And I think, like, I mean, we talked about this the last episode. We recorded that didn't get recorded uh, <laughs> about how the community kind of um, regulates itself in, in terms of that. Like, I don't think that someone would post that to RSVP or Erasables. No, not at all. Um, and I, th I think that it would be something that the group as a whole would be like, I don't like seeing that. Right. I think the community would just kind of police itself. And, and if someone, you know, did that in either of those groups, I think socially they might be ostracized a little bit. And, you know, it's not fostered in those groups. No. And it's, you know, people don't, I don't think people would talk about it, period. And I think people would be like, gross, gross, gross. And it would shut it down. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think we belong to some really good communities on facebook and really rsvp manuscripting pod and erasables are the only reasons i'm still on facebook yes it's you know many times when i was in college i would step away from facebook because i just too much going on mm -hmm. um and sometimes even recently i've had to actually go through and like remove myself from most of my groups for mental health reasons yeah. um and i miss the days of when remember facebook's had that app for groups yeah. I mean, I know you can still, you know, kind of curate your feed to be a certain way, but that takes time because I, I have years worth of likes and follows and, yeah. you know, but those groups are what makes make me come back to Facebook or stay with Facebook. It's gotten to the point where I've actually contemplated creating a second Facebook and just liking and being a part of specific groups. And that's that's it. So in those yeah. times when I need to take that mental health break, I can just only sign into this other Facebook because it's the communities are more than just about stationary and pencils and podcasts and all that. I mean, I've made some really meaningful connections with people. Um, yeah. With absolutely. those groups. And we talked about that in our community episode. Yeah. So, but no, I agree that these groups keep me coming back. Something special about them. Yes. So, anyway, I think we've tapped out both of these topics. What do you think? Yes. Okay. I just want to do a little something. I, I thought about it a little while ago, and I'm going to go for it. I want to do a giveaway. 
Um, it's been a while since I've done anything like this, and I don't, okay. I don't think we've done giveaways that no, much here. Um, but this is my personal giveaway, but also in the name of RSVP. So going with the theme of this podcast, I would like to give away a 211, just one right. 211. Um, but there's going to be um, some participation required on the part of the listener. Um, first off, if you're not in the RSVP group, you have to be in the group because I'm going to do a post in the group on Wednesday uh, when the podcast comes out. And I'm going to ask people to comment with their most meaningful interaction um, when, you know, with the group or with a raceable or with, with a stationary group, um, an interaction that meant something to them. Um, and then what I'll do is anyone who's entered, I'll just do, you know, a random number generator. I'm not going to pick who's the best because you're all the best. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know. I want to keep this conversation going about being good humans and not exploiting people for, oh my God, that notebook is a hundred dollars. Why are you writing in it? Yeah. Um, so to recap, I will give away a 211 to a lucky participant. You just need to um, like the RSVP stationary group or podcast group um, if you haven't already. And then just look for that post sometime Wednesday, um, probably morning, um, Eastern Standard Time. And I'll leave it open till probably the weekend. And just respond with your most meaningful interaction you've had in the stationary world with another human, with a company, with anybody. And I will pick from those people randomly to see who gets that 211 and a bunch of other goodies. Maybe I'll throw in, uh, I have a bunch of Les's no brand notebooks. Um, you're definitely going to get a pack of Casemate Neons because that's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I'm looking at a stack of probably 25 packs of those pencils. Um, so it'll be really fun. And I think it kind of, I think a little bit, um, of a little part of me is going to revel in the fact that some people will lose their poop when they realize I'm giving away a pencil worth that much money. So, uh, I'm going to up the ante a little bit and I'm going to, I'm going to leap on board with this. I have a Baron Fig Maker limited edition Ooh. that I will throw into the mix I also have a Knockco. I think it's a, not. It's not a Sinclair. It's the Billfold version. God, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's purple on the inside, brown on the outside. It billfolds up, holds three pens and a pocket notebook. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll do a second prize of the um, Baron Fig and the Knockco, whatever the heck it is. God, I, I'm so sorry, Brad. I don't remember <laughs> the name of your products. They all have uh, really cool products. The only product name I remember of his is the uh, Fodder Stack XL because that's the only that's the thing that I use all the time. I, uh, right. Sinclair is the zipper. I use that for my pens. Fodder Stack. I don't know what this thing is called. Anyway, I'm going to throw that in as well. So there'll be a second prize uh, added cool. to the mix. So two yeah, prizes. I'll throw in some Baron Fig stuff too, because I'm sitting on a huge stack of stuff. Since they're so generous to us reviewers, um, I will pass on the love. Okay, so we'll have two winners: your prize pack, my prize pack, and there'll be, you know, I'll be adding extra goodies into my prize pack as well. But the main bulk of it's going to be that Baron Fig Maker, and then the Knock Co Billfold notebook and pen holder thingy 
God, I'm such a horrible podcast host. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you can you can do this or not, Les, but I'm gonna going to take a picture of the stuff that will be in the giveaway, so people can kind of get a visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, what might be helpful too is maybe have people comment on uh, which one they would like to win. I like having it more random. Let's just okay. take, take, do do like two random number generator things. And, cool. you know, I mean, no preference. Sorry. You get what you get and you like yeah, it. I mean, right. We're talking about good heartedness and community here. No fighting. <laughs> so I want um, that. Cool. No, I want this. Um, right. So anyway, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. And I, I, and just one final thing about the contest. Um, this is open to everybody. Um, in the U.S. and internationally. So don't worry um, if you are not in the U.S. You can still enter and participate uh, because we do realize that we have a lot of listeners across the pond that love us just as much. So, um, but I think that's it. I think we can wrap this up, Liz. All right, cool. All right, so I just um, want to take a moment and thank everyone for their supportive words on the website, the Facebook group. I'm really digging the Facebook group lately. It's so much fun. It's just so wonderful to get so much support from everyone all over the world. Like uh, Dee just said, we've had sticker sales all over the U.S., every corner and nook and cranny of the United States. But also, Sweden loves us. (laughs) I don't know what it is about Sweden, but a lot of people in Sweden really seem to enjoy the podcast. We've sent a lot of stickers to Sweden. Um, Sweet. um, England and France and Germany um australia uh so we've 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 i really like the fact that people from all over the world are um listening and buying stickers and so i'm really glad that we're going to make our giveaway international as well so please go to the rsvp stationary group on facebook join so that we can share the love with you and i just thank you so much for supporting us And I think that our next couple of episodes are going to be super fun, too. So um, if you have a moment, give us a review on iTunes. If not iTunes, give us a share on your favorite social media platform. Just help people find the podcast. uh, And we really, we really thank you for it. So you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshootstudio.com and Facebook at the same Instagram, and almost everywhere else as original L.C. Harper. You can find Lenore at Lenore Hoyt on Twitter, but she's never really there. Just go to the Erasable Podcast and RSVP Stationary Podcast if you want to interact with Lenore online. D, where can the fine folks listening find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. All right. That was awesome. Yeah, I feel like we should practice shows more often. Mm-hmm.